good morning, everybody, again. Last week, we began our celebration of Advent. Pastor Tom talked a little bit about what Advent is, and you really won't find it, that word, in your Bible. Something that was made up about seven century in Christian churches. It's a way to prepare our hearts to get ready to celebrate what Christmas is all about. So it's the four weeks before, the four Sundays before Christmas, where we can enjoy a time with our friends and our family, just focusing on who Jesus is. And last week, we uh, lit this candle, the first purple candle. It's the candle of prophecy. The hundreds of prophecies, the hundreds of promises made over 700 years before Jesus was even born in that little town of Bethlehem, the prophecy candle. The second candle today is the candle of preparation. And in your bulletins, you will find a little half sheet. Talks a little bit about that. And take this home. Even if you want to recycle your bulletins, that's fine. But make sure you grab this out of there first. Take this home. Do this with your family this week. may just take a few minutes. You may find out this may take you a little bit longer because you just really want more. Prepare our hearts. The candle of preparation. As we sang earlier today, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let every heart prepare him room. Today we are going to work on preparing our hearts to give him room. So let's, let's give this time to God. And Father God, we just thank you for this day and we thank you for this time of year where we can pause just a few moments and, and worship you. We can pause a few moments and prepare our hearts to, to focus down on what's really important. Lord, we give this time to you. I pray, Father, that your words, your Holy Spirit would flow through me. And everything that's of you would be clear and understandable, and whatever's not of you would just fade away. We give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, guys, I'm going to adjust this a little bit. Now the kids are done. I think we can, I'm going to adjust this a little bit now that the kids are done. It's a childproof stand. You know what? I love this stand exactly where it is today. I'm going to leave it right there. Is it really that important? I don't know. Should have prayed more. Our scripture context for today is taken out of Matthew 3. And uh, we'll just go ahead and start here. We're good. Beautiful. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of Jordan. It was an important event. People from all over came to be a part of this event, and you got to understand that this is 2,000 years ago. There were no cars. There might be a horse or a donkey, the stray camel going by. But this takes effort. This takes work. 
to prepare the way. So they came from all over. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by Him in the Jordan River. And they came to be cleaned. And you need to understand that in this culture, 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, baptism was a very common event. It wasn't something special that just happened before Jesus came. But it was a regular event that happened in that culture as they were preparing maybe for a special time of celebration like a Rosh Hashanah, or as they were uh, preparing for a time to go to the temple and offer their sacrifice, they may go and be baptized to cleanse themselves and prepare themselves for proper worship. And sometimes it was the, the full dunking, sometimes it was a pouring, and other times it was a sprinkling, depending on where they were and who they were and what they were trying to accomplish through it. So this was happening. And so people were coming from all over because they heard of this guy named John who was saying something that was very different and very significant. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Who warned you to flee? Try, boys. Come on down because you know what's coming. That's my translation. He says this, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, what we do outwardly should reflect the repentance that we have within our heart. And do not think you can say to yourselves, well, we have Abraham as our father, making you something special. I tell you that out of these stones, God could raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Those are heavy words for a heavy time. He goes on to say, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering the wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff in unquenchable fire. It's a very powerful speech, very powerful message John is giving these people who have come to be baptized in preparation. Preparation is very important. We do it a lot in our lives. We're all preparing for Christmas, probably. Most of us, or at least a lot of us, probably have our trees up. Some of you are those people who just wait to the last minute. That's okay. But you still prepare. May only be a few hours ahead of time. Whatever works. I remember working in a restaurant when I was about eh, 22, 23. You know, you're a 22, 23-year-old kid. What do you know, right? Sorry if you're 22 or 23. I love you. But I, was, I, was, I wasn't, yeah, I was a typical kid that age. But I remember going there. There used to be a, a, a store called Zare. Do you, you guys have that here? There used to be this called Zare's, and they were open from the 23rd till midnight Christmas morning, just straight. And so I went it was 2 o'clock in the morning after my shift on the 23rd, man. And I am busting through those aisles with that cart. I am just running, you know. But I was preparing. Somehow, I was preparing. I've learned, as I've gotten older and more mature, 
I need to prepare a little bit more. I'm going to put a little more thought process into this. And I have had the privilege of leading lots of groups, mainly a lot of youth, but some adults on mission trips and service and outreach events. And I've learned a lot about preparation. When you take a team of 14 teenagers 5,000 miles over the ocean away from their parents, you kind of want to be prepared for anything. Because that's exactly what will happen. And I, I found this inventory list that has helped me in my life. And so let me give you my inventory because I've learned that I can transpose this into just my everyday life. And the first is this. I need to prepare my soul. Prepare your soul. I say to myself, Tony, it's time to prepare your soul to get ready for what God is going to do. I ask myself, I, I do this inventory in my heart and say, am I right with God? Is my soul clean? Do I need to repent of anything? There are times where I don't remember needing anything to repent of. Wow, that's... And I just pray, God, if there's something that is blocking, if there's something I need to give to you, then just bring it up so I can just let it go, so I can prepare my soul for the next step that you have for me. The second thing I do is I prepare my heart. Am I ready to love people today? Anybody? Am I ready to love everybody today? Am I ready to love the guy that cuts in front of me on I-270 on my way to Frisch's? Bob Evans, pick your poison. All right? Am I ready to love them unconditionally, no matter what they look like, who they are, where they came from? Am I ready for that? And if not, I need to get myself ready. My heart needs to be ready to love everyone. I need to prepare my mind. And I have to ask myself, am I ready? Am I mentally ready for this? Am I mentally prepared? And there's a lot of discussion about that out there, uh, whether I'm mentally ready for anything. But let me give you a different look at it. I want to say something that that for me has become a prayer right around this time of year. Have I submitted my distractions to God and allowed him to remove them from me? Let me say that again. Have I submitted my distractions, the things that just distract me from what is really important? Have I submitted those to God and allowed him to take them from me? We get so wrapped up in so many things, some are, and some are really wonderful things, or at least important things, but they're not awesome things. They're not the things that drive us to the face of God. So I need to submit those things to God and allow him to clear my mind. And the the other thing about being prepared mentally is, do I have God's word embedded in my mind? Do I know how to share God's love? Can I bring up a scripture about how much God loves you? Is God's word part of my thought process? Does it keep my thought process clean? Does it keep it focused on him where I need to be? And as you notice, these might sound a little familiar. Heart, soul, 
mind. Sound familiar? The last one is strength or our body. Do I prepare my body? God said, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. We're a holistic person. We're to be, every bit of that goes. And when one doesn't work so well, or when we don't surrender one part to God, the others suffer. And so I have to say, am I ready physically? Am I packed and ready to go? If God calls me to go right now to Africa, to Asia, wherever, am I ready? Do I have so much junk in my house that I can't get rid of? Do I have so much stuff that I'm holding on to that it scares me the thought that he would call me to go somewhere and let it all go? Am I attached to those things that are physical? Right? Am I ready to move? Do I have what it takes? And have I left behind the stuff that it doesn't? Right? Preparing our hearts. Well, here's some things that, that, that John said about preparing ourselves as we go through. Let me go ahead. There we go. John says, prepare yourself. Let, let's go through this scripture and take it apart a little bit. And the first thing he said was, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near in verse 2. He's saying, be ready, guys. Wake up. It's time. Remember the time that the the priests have been preaching about the, the prophets that have been told to us since we were little children. It's coming. It's not only coming, it's here. Wake up, folks. Get ready. Repent. Get rid of that stuff that's holding you up. It's time to clean yourself inside and out. If we are going to meet the king, chances are we're probably going to wash up a little. Maybe take a bath. Comb our hair. Put on our nice clothes. If we're going to meet the king, and this is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he says repent. Just get rid of anything. Turn from any wicked way and get yourself together because the king is coming. And people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. He goes on to say, I I baptize you with water for repentance, he said. And this is preparing their souls. This is washing everything. This is the cleansing that we need to do on a regular basis. You notice I'm saying we, because this is something I, I need to do on a regular basis. It's saying, clean me, Lord. I repent of what I've done. It's not about just washing our face. It's about washing our souls, too. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. In verse 3, he is actually quoting from Isaiah Chapter 40, verse 3, right here. And so what the point is, is that even in all those hundreds of prophecies that are being fulfilled by Jesus Christ himself, this one prophecy is being fulfilled by John so that the rest of them could then be fulfilled by Jesus. And I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, a couple thousand years ago around this part of the world, there were a lot of people claiming to be the Messiah. There are even people today claiming it. 
There are tons of people claiming to be the chosen one of God. I'm here. I am your Messiah. I'm your Savior. And by this happening, he is saying, look, I'm quoting Isaiah. Here I am. I'm doing the right stuff. Because guess what? The true Messiah is coming. And every Jew knew this prophecy. And they knew the signs to look for. And this was the big red flag going, woohoo, here he comes. The real, the genuine, the only Messiah. Okay? All righty. Here's where he gets a little tough. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. These are tough words. And he's saying, look, here's the deal, folks. This isn't about just saying a little prayer and calling it a day and then going on with your life and living the way you want. This is about repenting from your sin. This is about being baptized. This is about finding God and preparing your heart so that you know who he is to keep you moving in the right direction so that you will be bearing fruit. His goal here is not to say there's going to be punishment for you who are bad. His goal is to say do well. Because there will be punishment for those who are doing bad. Okay? But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this is him, Jesus, the Messiah. This is the good news. This is more than just the little, I'm going to dunk you in the water so you're clean from your sin. This is, here comes the one that will clean your soul. Better get ready. Because he's coming. And this is exciting time. This is, this is the fulfillment of those many, many, many promises. Those many prophecies. This is the promise. The fulfillment. This is our hope. With a capital H. The hope that is Jesus Christ. And we, pre- we prepare because we have hope. And you notice that's a capital H there. That's not the, gosh, I, I hope I get something cool for Christmas. This is Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. The good news to the entire world. Jew and Gentile alike. This is for everybody. And that is our hope. Here's the crazy thing. Here we are in, you know, middle of nowhere on the Jordan River. Here comes some crazy guy out of the woods, dressed a little funny. He's got a little locust wing hanging off his cheek from breakfast that morning. He's stuck there with all that honey. And he's saying, here we go. Prepare the way of the Lord. He is coming. And guess what? He's coming from the town of Nazareth. There's this, there's this girl there. She's a teenage girl. Now, he doesn't go into this, but this is going to be the fulfillment that comes here in a couple weeks. Here's this teenage girl. She's betrothed, but she's not married. From Nazareth. In fact, in the Bible, there's one point where someone says, what good can come out of Nazareth? And this young woman bears a son in this little tiny town of Bethlehem. 
It's a wonderful story. The story of hope. The story of Emmanuel, God with us. Let me show you something real quick. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. She was growing into a teenager and was living then in the obscure village of Nazareth in Galilee. She gathered the grain during the day and tended the lamp laid into the watches of the night. Her father knew the dedication of her work, her mother the kindness of her heart, her friends the curve of her smile. She stood on the threshold of womanhood. Among all the girls in the village, she had been noticed, chosen, betrothed, a child bride before whom lay only possibility. Her father could walk with pride in the city gates. Her mother could rest in the comfort of her daughter's future security. But then he came, unexpected, unannounced, spoke openly and without shame of pregnancy, virginity, and a son. Things men never discussed, and women only whispered about behind closed doors. She questioned him about the particulars, but not about the promise. She knew the prophecies, and the angel's words rang true. She would be scorned and rejected, labeled an adulteress in whispers and glances. There would be no more carefree walks to the market, no more happy trips to the well. Four hundred years her people had waited for hope, but God had been silent. Now he had spoken. The wait was about to end. Forty weeks... And then, Emmanuel, God with us. I love that video. God uses some of the most unlikely characters. This teenage kid from Nazareth to fulfill his greatest prophecy. He can use you. Probably does already. I know a lot of you he does. It's amazing stuff. It's very cool. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Do you know how scandalous that sounds in this culture? I'm sorry, God with us? God, the one who only the high priest can enter the Holy of Holies? That God? The God of the universe? The guy that's way up there and we're down here because he's amazing and we're sinners? With us? Unheard of. And true. Scandalous and wonderful. All at the same time. God with us. What a beautiful, beautiful thought in just a few words. The God, the very God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, has just made himself accessible to me, to you. Amazing. Very cool. Let's go on. Oh, sorry there. I had a little technical difficulty today. Sorry. 
about 750 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet named Micah. Micah wrote this. But you, Bethlehem, only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from a distant past, and he will stand to lead his flock to the Lord's strength. Then his people will live undisturbed, for he will be highly honored all around the world, and he will be the source of our peace. He started out, but you, Bethlehem, but you, Bethlehem. This is one of the most powerful messianic prophecies of the Old Testament because Bethlehem itself is pinpointed with with just accuracy of saying, Bethlehem, it's going to be you. This child will be born in your gates. This precision of God's promise proclaimed and fulfilled inspire us, inspires me to continually hope, to continually prepare for what God has next for me. It's where my hope lies. It's what spurs me to do the the stuff, the fun stuff, the great stuff that's just wonderful of God. The hope of of Christians, please understand this, the hope, that the, the big H, hope, of Christians is not wishful thinking, but instead it's based on historic biblical fact of Christ's birth, his death and his resurrection on, from the grave and his, the confidence of knowing that we can expect him to come back again. Do you have confidence? Are you eagerly expecting him? Eagerly awaiting him? God's plan for all humanity unfolded that very night in hope. And hope was realized because the way had been prepared. Prepare the way of the Lord. That's what Advent is all about. The coming, the arriving. It's that we prepare our hearts to have room at every heart. Prepare him room. Is there room in your heart for him? I have to constantly just get rid of stuff. I don't know about you, but in my garage, there's a lot of stuff I need to get rid of. In my attic, there's a lot of stuff I need to get rid of on a regular basis. And guess what? In my heart, there's a lot of stuff I got to get rid of. Some of it's my own doing. Some of it's hurt from other people. But I need to get rid of it so that as God is Emmanuel, God with me, God with you, God with us. Prepare yourself. The band wants to come on up. We'll go ahead and finish up with one more point here. Advent is marked. Advent is marked with a spirit of preparation, spirit of hope and expectation. Are you, let me ask you this, are you prepared to receive Emmanuel? Are we prepared to see, receive Emmanuel, God with us? Have we repented? Are we clean? Are we ready to go? This is not a condemnation. This is not a finger pointing. This is just me saying, man, I hope you're ready. 
Because it just gets better. The more stuff you get off your plate, the better it is. Are we waiting with great anticipation and expectation for a mighty move of God? I don't know about you. I, I, every year I, I say to myself and I say to my wife, Don, I say, this year is going to be different. We're just going to slow down a little. We're going to breathe a little bit and take our time at Christmas. We're going to remember to, to take the, the Advent thing out of the, the bulletin and, and read it together and do it. We're going to remember to pause and breathe a little. Maybe drive around a little bit and see the Christmas lights. And every year it seems like there's stuff that just gets in the way. To be honest, it's every year there's a lot of stuff I let get in the way. Some of it's very good stuff. Some of it's just good things that have taken the place of the great thing, the awesome thing, thing that, that this is all about. So as we walk this out today, I'm going to ask you two questions, and that's this. What does God, what does God want from you this season? We ask ourselves, what does God want from us? What, and then the other thing is, what do you have in store for us this season? I can't wait. What do you have in store for me today? Who do I get to love with the love of Jesus today? Maybe that waitress you have at lunch or at dinner tonight has had the worst week of her life, and you'll be the only light of Jesus she ever sees. I don't know. How's God going to use you? As we continue in our worship, I'm going to ask if if folks will come up to pray. We have some some people who are trained to, to pray with you, and I'm going to ask them to come up over here to the sides, if you will. And if you need prayer today, for two, I'm, going to, I'm going to say two specific things. And the first is this. If you've never experienced Emmanuel, God with us, personally in your heart, you've never experienced Jesus Christ in your heart, you've never offered your heart to him in relationship, today's your day. Today's your day. He's calling you to experience him fully. These people would love to pray with you about that. And maybe you came, maybe you came today and, and this, this season's just, just kicking your butt. Maybe this season is just whooping you and you are having a hard time. It is wearing you out and wearing you thin. You need to be refreshed. You need to be renewed. You just need something. These guys would love to pray with you. That's why they're here. That's why they do what they do. So as we just continue in worship this morning, the band's going to lead us. And I would invite you to come up and avail yourselves of these people, their servant hearts, and their love for you. Prepare your hearts. Prepare the way for the hope that is Jesus.